Welcome back to Bleacher Brawls, the home of the greatest rivalry in professional sports. We have a great episode coming at you in a few, but first we have to tell you about all of the places you can find us. BleacherBrawls.com is the home for our Yankees and Red Sox columns, football, basketball, soccer content, as well as movie reviews, quizzes, and plenty of trash talk. Our YouTube channel has a few videos a week with picks, predictions, our prospect pipeline series, and more. Our main social media hub is Twitter, at Bleacher Brawl, where you can give us any feedback, ask us any questions, follow us to be the first to hear about our latest content. This podcast is available on your listening app of choice, and when you finish listening to today's super exciting episode, you'll want to drop us a five-star review. Let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome again, everyone, to Bleacher Brawls. I'm your host, John, for the evening on this Stripes episode that we are recording on Tuesday night and will be available for listening on Wednesday morning, which hopefully you're listening to this Wednesday morning. So again, I'm John, your host for the evening. I'm with fellow Yankees fan, Kasim, and overall baseball fan, and someone who can be called it down the middle and be fair. Derek, unlike my good friend Luke, and his his um there are many Luke, which is Pat. But look, guys, um, happy to be here. Happy to be talking to both of you tonight. So let's jump into our first pitch. Uh, Kasim, how's it going, man? Everything is going good, man. Uh, back to normal schedule. So, uh, and uh, let's see, the baby's doing good. Family's great. Um, Yankees are doing pitiful, but. We got the NFL draft, and the Knicks are one win away from advancing. So, yeah, I, th- I think life is good. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, I'm so happy for the Knicks to be advancing in a playoff series. It hasn't happened yet. I'm not jinxing anything. I know, I me neither. They can pull it off. And question, how many teeth does your baby have so far? N- none yet. Uh, he's still so grinding. He's still uh, – the one hasn't come out yet. A lot of people are shocked. It still hasn't come out yet. Yeah. No, I get it. My kids took forever to teeth. They were both like a year old before they got mm-hmm. their first two. So yeah, it takes a while, man. So good luck. I know how tough that is. Yeah. Uh, someone who does not need to know how tough it is teething, uh, babies teething. Derek, how are you doing today, <laughs> man? Uh, I'm I'm doing good. Uh, I'm excited. It's seems like it's gonna be a fun week, at least for me, sports wise. Um, you know, Red Sox are winning tonight, so I'm a little bit happy about that. Um, but more so, Bruins and Celtics both at three one in their respective series. Celtics are playing tonight. Bruins play tomorrow night. NFL draft Thursday. It's gonna be a fun week all around for me. Um, so I'm just hoping and praying stuff goes right for the Boston teams. Um, and I'm hope I'm hoping and, and overall, I think the AL East is gonna be a fun division this year. Um, part of me wants to see a Red Sox Yankees battle at the top, although it feels like the Rays are might potentially kind of scoot away from everyone else and make it a little less fun. Um, So maybe we can reel them back in or I don't know, force them to go play in like on like the North pole for like a month or something. Maybe, maybe they'll cool down then. Uh, but I'm excited to be here. Excited to talk some Yankees. Um, Maybe get a little bit different perspective on things an outsider's perspective, I guess, if you can say. Definitely. And since everyone's getting mentioned, we Derek mentioned the Celtics and the Bruins. Kasim mentioned the Knicks. I'm going to give a shout out to the Rangers. Uh, let's do not blow the series, please. You let New Jersey back into it. Just take these next two games, move on to the next series. Uh, so lots of love to the Rangers. And then a quick shout out to my now, I guess, home state Dallas Stars. Uh, you know, they're the ones that I get to watch on TV the most. So good luck to them. All right. So 
We want to talk to the Yankees. We're, we mentioned the other teams. Let's talk to the Yankees. Right now, Yankees dropped three out of their last four games. I think they scored like four runs total between these past four games. It was not much. If it, it was a pretty poor showing for the Yankees. So I'm going to go to Kasson first. Kasson, the Yankees dropped three out of four. Is this a hiccup, or are you starting to get worried about how cold these bats are right now? No, I'm not. I'm not worried at all. I mean, I mean, Oakland has more hits than we do. I mean, it's just embarrassing. But I mean. <laughs> I'm I'm never worried about April. I know you're gonna have your ups and downs. Uh, we've been seeing a lot of downs. Like for me, it's just you know I like I said I don't like hearing Aaron Boone speak. I just like for him to keep his mouth shut. But uh, you know I, I I can't wait for the pieces to come back. Bader, I know it's taken longer than expected with Rodon too with his back. Severino. Uh, just for me as a Yankee fan in perspective, I'm waiting for the injuries for the guys to get healthy and all to come back. And then I'll decide where this team is at during the season. And for me, it's not until after the trade and deadline. So come back to me then. Uh, so as any of our listeners know, me and Kasim completely differ on opinions for Brian Cashman. And we sort of differ on opinions for Aaron Boone. Cause I don't, truly dislike Aaron Boone. I'm not in love with him, but I don't truly dislike him. So that being said, as much as I'm the guy that can defend Aaron Boone, the most you can defend Aaron Boone, as is, uh, Castle's great point. He just needs to shut up. There's nothing you can say right now. I don't want to hear the excuses. Aaron Boone, just admit that your team's not good right now. Admit that your team's not hitting. Don't give me excuses and try to paint some rosy picture. I don't need to hear that. Derek, now let's hear from your standpoint, from an outsider's perspective. The Yankees right now drop three or four. Bats are ice cold. They're not really – the lineups, the pitching's looked all right. The lineup does not look very good. What are your thoughts on the Yankees at the moment? And is this something I should be concerned about? I don't think so. It's three out of four games in April. I mean, at the end of the day, it sucks to lose three out of four, but also, too, the Yankees do have some injuries. And it, it's not their roster at full strength right now. Um, but also too, you know, teams lose three out of four, however many times over the course of a year, it's not a massive, massive worry right now. Now, if they kind of lose another three out of four and it ends up being six out of eight, then maybe there's some concern. But as of right now, I think for the Yankees, you're just trying to see production from guys. Hopefully you're going to win some games, win more than you lose, but at the same time, you're going to be in a very competitive division and division where, and in an AL that seems going to be very competitive, being only being a team with 86, 87, 88 wins could get you into the playoffs. Cause it seems like there'll be a lot of teams around there. Um, so I think at this point, try to win more games than you lose. Um, and for the Yankees, just get healthy. I think that's kind of a big thing for them. They need to get healthy. They got a lot of guys who are injured. Currently you're playing guys like Willie Calhoun and Frangie Cordero and Aaron Hicks, like, Every single day, it feels right. You don't want to do that if you're a big league team. You just don't, right? I think today, Oswald Peraza was hitting sixth, and he started the season in AAA. Didn't even make the big league roster out of spring training. It's not their full roster, but at the same time, your MLB players step up and do want to win more than you lose. Um, but there, it's not like it's been totally negative for the Yankees. They have been some bright spots. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's good to hear and a bit reassuring, um, without a doubt. So the other thing, quick thing I want to touch on, just coming off of this series, because I don't think it's anything we want to dwell on, unfortunately. Um, Joey Gallo has a pretty good series. Sonny Gray pitches a really good game yesterday. How much does that stink 
seeing these guys of all guys do well against the Yankees. Kassim, what did it make you feel seeing Joey Gallo play well and Sonny Gray pitch a good game? I'm not shocked. It's a different environment. They're just visiting the Yankees one time and that's it. And, you know, I think Gallo made some comments about shaving. I don't know how true that is, but said about shaving that you guys are expired change your ways look those guys need to change the scenery and i was a big fan of gray gallo but they just didn't fit in new york just like montas he didn't fit just like a lot of players paxton i mean the list goes on and on but those guys did not fit it just they couldn't handle the new york pressure and to see them succeed somewhere else i'm not shocked and I knew Sonny Gray, the minute he got traded from New York and went to Cincinnati, I'm like, oh, he's going to be back to Cy Young Award candidate. And he did awesome. Gallo went to the Dodgers. I know it was part-time, but um, for a guy who had a bad, bad, bad year, he got $11 million for one year, and now he's raking it in Minnesota. I picked him up on my fantasy, so I kind of knew that he was going to do well. So uh, I'm happy for Gallo. I know it's early in the season, but... Um, you know, the Twins also, you know, um, they're very what? Are they on top of the division right now? I think they are. Yeah, yeah I think they're leading the division. I, I'll, I'm i not paying close attention to the AL Central this year because I don't really consider it a real division. None of those teams <laughs> are getting, uh, competing for a world, even to make the World Series, let alone yeah. win it. So but they don't this, exist. Yeah, those guys just um, contributing to the Twins. I'm very happy for them. And, uh, you know, if they keep going strong, hey, why not? But it just as Yankee fans, we gave up prospects for Gray, for Gallo, Ben Attendi. I mean, the list goes on and on at Montas, uh, and it didn't work out. So, you know, that's what happens. All right. Now, Derek, I got to yeah. ask you, as a Red Sox fan, seeing Sonny Gray pitch a gem, seeing Joey Gallo play well, did you snicker? Did you get a good laugh out of that? Honestly, no. I wasn't really paying attention, honestly. I mean, the Red Sox have been on a little bit of their own run recently where they've been winning more than they've been losing, so I've been kind of paying attention to that. But I, mean, I think I didn't have a sticker. I, I mean, Joey Gallo is a guy who I just perpetually just bo – he bothers me just because he's a guy where – like he he's killed me in fantasy and fa fantasy baseball before where i think it was like 2019 where it's like one week he'll go like oh it feels like he goes oh for 50 with like 50 strikeouts but then the next week he goes like 50 for 50 with 50 home runs it feels so i've hated joey gallo ever since then and the only reason he ended up on my team is because i panicked and i picked i went to pick i don't even remember who it was but i joey gallows was the name right under the guy and i accidentally clicked on joey gallo to draft so um I've hated him. I kind of hated him a little bit ever, ever, uh, ever since. Um, Sonny Gray, I mean, solid pitcher. Didn't work out for the Yankees, but like he's continued his kind of pretty much solid MLB career. He's been a solid pitcher in the big leagues, and I mean, he did pitch a gem. Don't get me wrong, but it just so happened to be against the Yankees, right? I think that's more of a coincidence thing. Also, too, you look at the Yankees line; they did roll out. Like I said, like. Franchi Gordero was playing every day. Willie Calhoun, Aaron Hicks, who John and I talked about in one of our recent YouTube videos. He can be hot. He, he could get hot. He might have a hot two weeks, but he also could have a freezing cold two weeks and go like 0 for 20, right? That's Aaron Hicks for you. He, he might go, 10, he might go, you know, 5 for 15, or he could go 0 for 20. That's Aaron Hicks. 
Yeah, definitely. And one thing I so my quick thoughts on the matter because obviously I said I don't like talking about Joey Gallo too much, but I did have to bring this one up. Joey Gallo whining about the beard thing. Joey Gallo is an ugly person, so I could understand why he feels he needs a beard. So from that standpoint, Joey Gallo, like for once, one time ever, I'll be like, okay, I can see where this idiot's coming from. As far as Sonny Gray is concerned, as a New York Italian, that was a lost opportunity. I remember when the Yankees first got him and sports radio, they're playing the Godfather theme. He come out at Yankee Stadium, he played play the Godfather's theme. We got a guy named Sonny in New York. Like it was just such an amazing opportunity. And for it not to work out, it just it was a lost opportunity. That was just one of those things where we wanted to love this guy. We wanted it to work. Uh it was a Sonny Cor he was gonna be our Sonny Corleone and it, it didn't happen. Yeah, Who Yankees fans dislike more, Sonny Gray or Jamison Tyone? Was that no, I like Tyone. Which Yankee? Like, how? No, I love Tyone again. too, and I don't think Ty, I don't. And I, I'm cool with Sonny Gray, but I, like I feel like there's a majority of Yankees fans, or at least a loud minority at the very least, who don't like Tyone and they don't like Sonny Gray. Just like Sonny, reason. just like uh, Corleone, Sonny Corleone. He he got shot before checkpoint. Sonny Gray, but he got he got murdered before he entered the Yankee Stadium. That's what happened. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> So um, really quick, I want to touch on, just bring it up you guys' thoughts. Uh, Derek, I'll go with you first. Uh, the Brian Reynolds deal gets announced today. It's eight years, $106 million and change. Uh, and I, with a limited no-trade clause, but I'm not 100% sure exactly what it is. Derek, uh, tell us about it and your thoughts. It's a, it's a no-trade clause for six teams. So I'm pretty sure Reynolds can choose six teams that he doesn't want to be traded to, and he cannot be traded to those six teams. Don't know who those teams are. If he ever gets brought up in trade discussions in the future, it'll probably pop up, but doesn't seem likely that'll be brought up in trade discussions anytime soon. The Pirates have been good so far this year. I think they have the second best record in baseball right now. They're on an absolute roll. And this is a thing. This is good for Pirates fans. Shout out to Pirates fans. Good for you. You got a guy locked up. They got Key Brian Hayes locked up a couple of years ago. Now they got Brian Reynolds. Like they got some guys, right? They're they're getting some guys going. Key Brian Hayes is one of the best defensive. I think he's the best defensive third baseman in baseball. And Brian Reynolds is an all-star caliber outfielder, whether you believe that's in center or you're a little bit like me and a little bit iffy on his defense in center, but you like him in left field more. Um, but regardless, he's definitely worth it. It's a good deal for both sides, I think. The only holdup was a player option. Um, and they ended up agreeing on no player option, but a limited no trade clause. I think it works well for both sides. Um, Pittsburgh gets to buy some of his free agency years, whereas and Reynolds gets to stay in a place where, I mean, he seemingly likes it. He's willing to stay there for eight years. So he's got to like Pittsburgh if he's willing to do that. And the money's not bad either. Um, so it's a good deal for both sides and good for Brian Reynolds and good for Pittsburgh Pirates fans. Mm-hmm. Castle, yeah, so were you one of those guys that was hoping the Yankees would trade for Brian Reynolds? Yeah, of course. Uh, I wanted him. I thought he's a phenomenal player, but uh, I guess all the prospects we gave but we gave up uh, for Gallo, Benintendi, and uh, uh, who's the other guy? Frankie Montas ended up backfiring. So, um, no, congratulations to the Pirates. I'm very happy he stayed. Um, it's good for the organization. I think Ben Sherrington's a hell of a GM. Um, the ownership now, I hope it changes for them going forward where they could spend money. Key Byron Hayes, like Derek said, uh, you got O'Neill Cruz, you got Brian Reynolds, you got Mitch Keller, Contreras, 
David uh, Bendar. I like the I like the I, I like what they have. Um, Pirates fans, not just a Steeler town. When the Pirates are good, trust me, that fan base they rock. They fill the stadium, and Pittsburgh it deserves a winning organization again, just like they had under Jim Leland with uh, Kurt Hurdle. They, I I love the. I like the minor league system, and I like what they have. I like the core, uh, uh, Castro at second base. I just, you know, Carl Santana, G-Man Choi, just for right now, they got an upcoming catcher, in, I think, Davis, Henry Davis. Two upcoming catchers, yeah. actually. But what I like about it, Pittsburgh's willing to show that they're going to spend, and I hope they do continue going forward. And plus this team here, in the division that they're in, Milwaukee could fall out easily. The Cubs, I mean, they're not ready just yet. And St. Louis could fall out, could fall out after this year or maybe next year. And the Pirates could be in that winning tradition to where they might take over the division if they just, you know, spend some money, get some players to come to Pittsburgh. Uh, they're not far away. But I'm happy uh, that they locked up Reynolds. Even though I'm a Yankee fan, I wanted him. But realistically, I'm very happy for the Pirates organization that they kept him. And he's a phenomenal player. I really like him a lot. I, I agree. I'm, I'm in a lot of ways. I'm very happy for the Pirates fan base because let's face it, that is a team that has been terrible for a long time. And I think you know maybe ten years ago with McCutcheon, they had a season where they made the wild card game or something. But really, not a good team for a long time. And they they're a long standing team. You know, they've been around what since the 1800s. And to see what they've become since really like what 91, 92 is when they just really hit that skid and have never recovered from it. Uh, I have a, my cousin, Tim, his father's from Pittsburgh. So he's a huge Pittsburgh fan, Steelers, Penguins, and well, he was a Pirates fan, but like you said, it was really hard to be a fan of that team. And because you knew the ownership wasn't trying, that ownership was pocketing money, like taking the money off the TV deals, taking revenue sharing, like just not investing back in the team. And it was a shame because the fans are the ones that really suffer in that situation. And we saw it. We saw nobody going to Pittsburgh games. The, the Pirates had a terrible attendance. Uh, they couldn't keep anyone. And they, everybody got traded. And they just got stuck in that cycle. So I'm glad to see there's an effort to kind of break that cycle. Like, I, uh, Castle, I think you said, or maybe it was Derek, they're not just a Steelers town. They can support other teams, but they only support winners in that city, which is strange because it's Pittsburgh. Like, you know, okay, I'm going to say it, Pittsburgh, city of losers. I don't care. So... <laughs> In your fan base, the city of losers, but you only support winners. Like, I guess you think you're New York, but you're not. Um, but okay. no shots at Pittsburgh. Yeah. You don't really deserve that much. Um, yeah. They have a bright future ahead of them. I mean, like, we've named some guys. Another guy was named Johan Oviedo. It was looking like he's having a breakout mm-hmm. year. He's been nasty this year. Um, their farm system, just look at the top five guys in their farm system. Just, just look at the top five. Shamar Johnson, fourth overall pick last year. He just rakes. Just all he does is hit. Um, and Andy Rodriguez is he's their he's their number two prospect. He's a catcher. He's also played some second base and outfield. He just rakes out amazing year last year. Henry Davis, former number one pick, he's their number three prospect. Quinn Priester, he's their number four prospect. He's in AAA. He was their first round pick in 2019. And then Nick Gonzalez was a top ten pick in 2020 for them. He's also a second baseman, like Jamar Johnson, who just hits very very well. And guess what? They won the draft lottery this past last, this past offseason. They got the number one pick again this year. It's looking like they're going to get Dylan Cruz. Like, what is that, he? This what is, is he a team that's they're going to have a good future. They're they're going to have a good future, right? It's just can all the pieces really pan out? But 
Ben Charrington. I liked him in his time in Boston. He had he was good in his time in Boston. I think he's under he's he kind of gets underrated because he never he didn't get to really see the farm system that he started to build. He didn't get to see it through because by the time by the time he was gone and they brought in Dombrowski, that's really when the guys like Moogie Betts and Jack Bradley Jr. and even even Ben Intendi really started to flourish in the big leagues. Um, he's underappreciated. But, he's underappreciated yeah. Ben Sherrington and to me he's an underrated GM, one of the good smart minds in the game. Yeah, he won a World Series in 2013 as GM of the Red Sox, and he kind of built the foundation for the 2018 team. Uh, although Dombrowski did eventually turn it into the World Series team that it was, but he kind of laid the foundation with some of those uh, prospects who came through the system, homegrown guys. So the Pirates have, I think their front office, they have it. I think that they're bringing that talent. They'll have a lot of young talent. So now it's just, can they put all the pieces together? And will they spend at least a little bit of money to maybe bring in some outside pieces as well to really get those last pieces of the puzzle in there? If they can do that, they have a they have a super bright future ahead of them. Yeah, uh, just quickly, as I piqued my interest as a Yankees fan, because I don't know how the story goes. How did the Red Sox go from Sherrington to Dombrowski? Was there a firing or resignation? How did that work? How did that play out? Oh, uh, let me hold on. I forget off the top of my head. Um, but it was, I'm pretty sure it's after 2014 or after 2015. Um, That's where the follow of happened. All um, right. No, Francona oh. was earlier, right? No, Francona, yeah, Francona was after 2011. He because it was the chicken and beer thing uh, that got that, and then that's also when Epstein uh left, I think. Uh, I was just curious if there's some kind of story about that. How why you'd go from Sherrington to Dombrowski, uh, but no worries. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. I don't really remember, honestly. I don't even sweat it because it's we're here for what we're guys. We're next thing we're gonna talk about is what we're excited for, like the NFL draft. We've talked about it. All three of us have mentioned it. Talking about it before the show. Uh, I, as a college fan, there's you know I follow University of Texas. My wife's a former Longhorn, so I'm excited about that. I love just I've really gotten into college football over the past 15 years. So I, I NFL draft is I just love this time of year. Um. And now the cool thing is all three of us follow three different teams. Derek is a New England Patriots fan, Cassim, Buffalo Bills fan. I am a New York Giants fan. Um, so that's cool because now we get to talk about three different teams right off the bat. And surprisingly, now, Derek, if you had told me years ago, five years ago, that the Patriots would be drafting higher up in the draft than both the Giants and the Buffalo Bills, I would have said, oh, how do you trade up for that one? Uh, it's just <laughs> surprising to, to even be able to say that the Patriots are drafting higher than the Giants and the Bills in the same year. But like, I just, it's mind-blowing. But that being said, I'm looking at the Patriots right now. First-round pick, second-round pick, third-round pick, three fours, four sixes, and a seven. Uh, Bill Belichick gives you a call. And says, Derek, I want your opinions. What positions am I drafting for? What should I do? Am I trading up, down? Uh, let's hear. What's your thoughts right off the bat, Derek? I think it all depends on what the how the draft goes, right? Because I think there's about like there's like about ten different ways I think this draft could go, even up to the Pats pick at pick fourteen. And I think that decides what you do with the pick. Do you take a pick? Do you maybe look to trade up? Do you maybe look to trade down? I think it all depends. Um. I think a lot of it is very dependent on where the wide receivers start going. Um, because let's say 
you get to that 13th pick and both, I mean, the 14th pick, and for somehow, some way, both Jackson Smith and Jacob and Zay Flowers go off the board or already off the board. Now you're looking like, uh oh, like, do we take offensive tackle? I don't, I mean, I trust Belichick to get a good offensive tackle in the second or third round or even the fourth round, right? I don't know if honestly, last offensive tackle you picked in the first round was, uh, was Isaiah Wynn, which okay hasn't worked great though. He's gotten value there at, on the offensive line later in the draft before, so I believe he could do it again. That's a similar thing with corner. I think the Pats could use a corner, but I also trust Belichick to be able to take that you know l- later in the draft and be fine. However, I've kind of circled for me if Christian Gonzalez starts to fall for whatever reason, or he gets kind of to like that twelfth pick, thirteenth pick. You know, or maybe the eleventh, even the eleventh pick, you might want to look at trading up because he's <clears> been a guy who I've circled that I've said, regardless of position, he gets outside that top ten. You need to look at trading up for if you're the Patriots, um, because they have some solid. Jonathan Jones getting older, Jack Jones rookie year last year. He's, I mean, what your corner two? Daniel Jalen Mills is a corner, but I still look at him as more of as a hybrid kind of guy. You can play outside, inside, uh, in the nickel. He can play safety if needed. So he's he's versatile if you need it, but he's been playing on the outside a lot. But I don't necessarily love that. Uh, like I said, Jonathan Jones has always been a slot corner up until the last couple of years. Jack Jones is a little small to play on the outside. And the Pats love man coverage. They love to play press man coverage. Christian Gonzalez does that. So for me, that's kind of what I'm looking for. But I think wide receiver is going to be the go-to. Personally, I want Zay Flowers just because the Boston College New England connection. I kind of like that personally. Um, but I would say... So, but that I think that only happens if Jackson Smith and Jigba gets taken first, um, because I want I want Jackson Smith and Jigba before I had to say Flowers. The only other thing I would say is maybe, just maybe, some wild trade comes out of the blue, and maybe you trade back and you get a lot more draft capital, and then maybe you take an offensive lineman later in the first round, or maybe you go defensive end or edge edge rusher, which. Isn't necessarily a need, but it's not necessarily it's not a thing that you want to pass on if you like a guy enough. Um, maybe a safety too, because Devin McCourty retired, but I don't think that's also a massive need because they've kind of already got guys who can fill in. So the Pats are in a very weird position because it's like they have four or five receivers who are okay, but they don't have a star wide receiver. So I, I don't want to take a wide receiver in the fourth round. Give me first round wide receiver or none at all. That's how I feel. Matt Patricia leave your team yet? Yeah, uh, I think so. The fat oh, poncho with the number, the fat poncho with the number two poncho hasn't left yet. That piece <laughs> of dirt, I can't stand him. Him and Joe Judge. Jo- hey, Joe Judge and Patricia, I think they're both gone. Dear God, they should be. I don't know how they still have jobs. They should be. Don't ask me. I don't know how they <laughs> got jobs on the offensive side of the ball. First of all, the Belichick's. Bold, I don't know. That's why. I, I think everyone when that happened, every Patriots fan was like, "What are we doing?" Like, this isn't going to work. And then it literally didn't work. Now, let's start. Let's move upstate New York. Buffalo Bills. You're a team that is on the cusp, like right there, expecting to compete for a Super Bowl. Now, you got the 27th pick, Kassam, in the first round. Is there any specific – what specific positions or players are you hoping the Bills are targeting in that spot? Well, this is what I'm targeting before even the number one pick is even in. It's D-Hop or nothing else. I want DeAndre Hopkins. We need a weapon. We're behind the eight ball. We're behind the Chiefs. We're behind the Bengals. The team that scares me of getting D-Hop is the Kansas City Chiefs. Now I'm hearing the Jets are in it. 
And I know that the Giants, I'm a big, I love the Giants, John, and you know that. Uh, I know they might be in the mix, but maybe they're out. But the team that scares me now because they created salary cap space after the Aaron Rodgers deal, the Jets scare me, the Chiefs scare me. If they land D-Hop, just cancel the NFL and just give them the championship. But before the number one pick, I want D-Hop. We need a weapon. We need another playmaker. And if we do land them and we still keep the number one pick, I'm not looking at running back. I know some Bills fans are looking at, I don't want a running back. I'm tired of it. We've been through three running backs. It hasn't worked out. For me, I want a linebacker, but that linebacker could come in the second round with Jack Campbell, and which we need help on. Um, for me, it's an edge rusher, defensive end, edge rusher, or I'm looking at an offensive lineman. That's what I want. Anything to protect Allen in the run game, but another edge rusher to the defense would help. Um, look, I just, I need Buffalo to be aggressive. I need Brandon Bean, uh, and the ownership with Sean McDermott to not play the waiting game with D hop. D hop is the thing for me before the draft or during the draft, however it works. He's the guy that's going to make me happy. He's the guy as a number two receiver with digs to put Gabriel Davis. I'm a big Gabriel Davis fan, but he's not a number two receiver. He's a number three. He'll get the slants. He'll get open. I like that. But for what I'm looking for in the drive is whatever can benefit Allen. I'm looking at a, a very good offensive lineman. Or if they think of something else on the defensive end, I'm looking at a, I'm looking at an edge rusher. And that's what I'm looking at until Von Miller gets healthy. Hopefully he's ready to go. But right now the Bills are behind the eight ball. I'm a realistic fan. I tell it the way it is. We're not better than the Chiefs. We're not better than the Bengals. In order to get over the top, we need D-Hop and, you know, Brandon Bean has hit on some draft picks and he has missed on some draft picks. So we'll see how the balance plays out. We got six draft picks. We'll see how that works. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. But the only way I'd be excited about the draft, only if we land D-Hop. If we don't land D-Hop, I'm not happy with D-Hop to me is a priority over all these wide receivers that are coming out, out of the draft. That's just me. The good news for you is Joe Sheen said he's out. He's not really interested in D Hop. He said he did his due diligence, but he doesn't think there's a deal there. So that's one less team you need to worry about in competition for him. And again, I agree a lot with what you said about Gabe Davis. I think he's a he'd be a, a, a he's not a number two, but of all the number three receivers in the league, he'd be like the top of that list. You know, you get what I'm saying, like. He's not really going to fit that number two role, but as a number three, you're not really going to get a better number three than Gabe Davis. To be honest with you, John, the reason why I want D-Hop is it would be the best receiving core in the NFL. Just to go along, like, like the Bengals, they got Jamar Chase, they got Higgins, they got Boyd. The Chiefs won the Super Bowl with no number one receiver, and who got money? Juju Smith. Do you understand? Sorry, Patriots fans, I'm just saying the truth. Juju Smith. Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah, what I'm trying to explain is they want it without nobody, not even a top receiver, a guy named Sky Moore. Who? Kadarius, Travis Kelsey, kind of. But, Kador, you know. Kadarius Tony, a big bust with the Giants. All of a sudden, he became a stud. He knew how to play football again. Oh, now he doesn't have problems. <laughs> I mean, I just don't get it. But that's what, that's what I'm saying is they want it without a number one. And that's the team that scares me. If they land D-Hop, like, just kiss the NFL goodbye. And I don't want to see another dynasty like the Patriots. I'm sorry, man. The, the Bills took a beating for 20 years under Tom Brady. So I don't need to see that again with Mahomes. <laughs> can, I, uh, can I say this real quick before we get to the, I know John wants to talk about the Giants, but yeah. Giants made a big brain play. They traded Kadarius Tony to the Chiefs to stop the Eagles from winning the Super Bowl. 
I see you hate the Eagles, but I didn't want the Chiefs to win. I couldn't. I can't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I do I besides hating the Eagles, obviously, uh, as a Giants fan, what I think all Giants fans are kind of calling for is the Giants to get a wide receiver in the first round. We need, they do need a playmaking wide receiver. There's no doubt about that. My concern is that drafting in the 25th spot, you know, the best ones are going to be off the board, and I don't want them reaching for a wide receiver. I don't think they should be drafting a wide receiver just to draft a wide receiver. Because that's kind of what they did with Kadarius Tony a couple of years ago anyway. Like, if anyone remembers how that draft played out, like, there's the three top wide receivers, you know, Jamar Chase, um, the kid on the Eagles, and... Devontae yeah. Smith. Yeah, there you go. And, that's what they um, and the Giants kind of ended up getting Kadarius Tony because they reached for a guy who was probably a second-round pick in the first round. I don't want to see them do that again. So, therefore, I think Giants need to add to the defense in the first round. You either get secondary depth, which has been a problem for 15 years, or you get an edge rusher. I don't care which of the two, but those are the two positions you're drafting in the first round. Best available, add to the defense. That's what the Giants need to do. As much as they need a wide receiver, I don't think that top receiver is going to be there. So just go defense because that's going to be your bread and butter again this year under Link Martindale. Now, we touched on the first round. So let's just kind of run through it fairly quickly. What are the positions you guys want to see addressed in your later round picks? Like, we're not going to know, probably not know all the names of these people, obviously. But what are positions that can be filled out for your team in the later rounds? Um we all know those last couple picks are going to be special teams. Well, except for maybe Derek's Patriots. They'll end up being starting. Hey, no, no, no. We Patriots need a punter. Patriots need a punter. Okay, so there you go. Well, they have 11 picks, so they'll know. They know what they're doing with that last one. But I was uh, happy about Give me a Michael Turk, please. I was <laughs> happy about a punter, Derek, but then he ended up getting released because of his infant <laughs> off the field. Yeah, that's a rough oh. one. Uh, yeah, that's a rough one. Anyway, so um, changing that subject. <laughs> yeah, that's the only time that. I was happy about a punter. I was really happy about him. <laughs> so, uh, Castle, what are the positions and needs for the Bills in rounds like two, three, four, maybe even five? Okay, I I said it from the beginning. You know, the uh, my number one choice. But like I said, if they add a Ed rusher for that, I'm just talking about the one pick, Ed rusher offense on. But I said. Add more to the offensive linemen. Now, if you were looking to the later rounds, I don't know the names. Like, you know, John, you were saying, but Jack Campbell comes to mind for the second round. Linebacker. We need linebacker. Uh, Edmonds left. We need somebody to go with Matt Milano. We need to add um, a couple of linebackers. And for me, also going into later round, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, whatever it is, I'm looking, like I said, offensive linemen. And I'm looking at another tight end to go along with Dawson Knox to add another weapon for Josh Allen to, to where, you know, that's no matter how much I love receivers and I love building that defense, you know, it's a bread and butter, just like the giants uh, on offense, the giants got two tight ends now, which I love, you know, I'm speaking on the giants also uh, the bills. That's what I dreamed of, of a two tight end system because I've been wanting that for a long time. And when we, we, I remember when we got OJ Howard, I was happy. I'm like, okay, he's healthy and everything. And they released him. So, I mean, so I'm looking for an, a, a tight end. And, you know, you don't have to reach, you know, you get one in the later rounds. I know the guy from Notre Dame is very big. He, they're saying he could go first round, could go second. But uh, another tight end, a good tight end to go along with Dustin to add more weapons for Josh Allen. Because right now, the way the NFL is going, it's, gonna, it's an offensive game, man. You got to have all the weapons in order to win. 
defense at the end still, no matter what, is going to win you a championship. But the way the NFL is going, it's becoming very to where if you don't have an offense, man, and you can't score, like, good luck. Just good luck. So, Cassim, you said DeAndre Hopkins is your number one pick in the scenario, uh, is your number one priority in yes. the scenario. So what draft picks would you be willing to trade in order to get DeAndre Hopkins? If you, know, if you get the call today, how much are you willing to give up to get him? Okay, uh, on that part, because the way the way they're explaining it is that um, if you trade for him, you're going to have to take on that contract. And then he said he's willing to restructure to know what team he's going to go. And to me, inside of me, I already know there's only like maybe two or three teams that he wants to go to. Now, what what I give up for him, if healthy and he has no problem, no, you know, he's done with suspension, he's healthy, he's worth a third round pick. I would give up a third and I actually have, I'll give up that sixth round pick. I don't care. Ship him. Just give me D hop. Heck, if you want to make the deal even sweet, give me that guy that requested a trade, uh, Baxter. Is that his name? Yeah, and put him at corner besides, uh, you know, next to White. But D-Hop, I would give up a third-round pick. If they say just take the contract, I'll give up a third-round pick. Because I know Arizona is going to ask for something. They're not going to get, uh, you know, fleeched from it, you know. So he's he's my number one priority. I don't care what it is. Just get me him. All right. And now, Derek, what about you? We're looking at the Patriots. They have a second, a third, three fours, and four sixes. So you know that team is going to turn something, make something. And we know as they're going to move. Seventh round pick is the punter. But what do you see? I think doing? they might take punter in the sixth round. Oh, really? One of those six. All right. Well, let's hear. Let's yeah. hear that sounds like a Patriots thing to do. Um, But. I, okay. I, I Maybe this is just me being very kind of Patriotsy, but. I feel like the Patriots need like a pure kind of pass catching back who's a super elusive, maybe a little bit smaller, but can really sh- be shifty and make guys miss. And the guy I've been eyeing for like the last about six months has been Deuce Vaughn out of TCU. Oh, no, sorry, not TCU, Kent State. Oh, my God, I'm running my stuff. I do like Kendra Miller out of TCU, but I don't think it necessarily fits what the Pats need. I like Deuce Vaughn out of uh, Kansas State. Um, he's only five foot six, which is a little bit like – yeah, off putting a little bit, but I mean, he, he, like, I remember when he was, when you watch some of those Kansas State games, and I'm like, this guy kind of feels like a really small version of Tony Pollard. Like, that's how I felt about him. And I, and, and I love Tony Pollard more than anyone else. And so I'm like, oh, like, kind of reminds me of Tony Pollard, just a little bit smaller. Uh, yeah, give me him on the Patriots. He's expected to be mid to late round draft pick. Yeah. I'll take him, please. Um, I think corners is about to go. Like I said, I, I really like Christian Gonzalez in the first round. Joey Porter Jr. is all right in the first round. But I think they maybe look somewhere else, maybe middle draft. Uh, I like Travis Hodges Tomlinson, TCU guy. Um, he played a lot of kind of man coverage. He played a lot of man coverage at, TC, at uh, TCU. I like that. Um, another thing, safety. Like I said, they don't necessarily have guys to fill in, but the Pats do like a lot of uh, three safety looks. Uh, and right now they have – they have Kyle Duggar, who's going to play all the time. Adrian Phillips has kind of been kind of like a versatile, like safety slash linebacker. Um, and then they have Jabril Peppers. I think they could use a guy who's more of a kind of center field safety, who's just, yep, just dropping back in zone coverage every single play kind of safety. So if they can find someone they like a little bit later in the draft, I think that's good. And then, I mean, 
I mean, probably just really offensive line. They don't have a ton of depth on the O-line. Um, I've seen some people say, like, they go running back early. I've seen some mock drafts say B. John Robinson. I don't think it makes sense. They have Ramondre Stevenson. They have – they did sign James Robinson, so I don't think they need to go running back early. I think that's more like a, like I said, late round, the guy like a Deuce Vaughn. I would love um, – I, I think that when you look at this Patriots – team they're look you're looking at maybe a linebacker maybe um you could definitely upgrade a starting linebacker spot but i don't think it's a thing where belichick's in the patriots like two other front office members <laughs> are in robert Kraft are looking at it and going we need a linebacker i've, I've kind of looked at like a guy like a henry to oto because he's an alabama guy and you get that saving connection but i just don't know if that's where they go um, it, it, it's weird. I've seen some people say tight end, which I'm not crazy over getting another tight end. We just had Hunter Henry and John Smith and like John Smith just didn't play. So, and we just got signed Gusecki. So like, why do we need a tight end? I don't know. Um, the only other thing like that, maybe, maybe an edge rusher, but I don't think that's a first round thing for the Patriots because, uh, Matthew Judon was amazing last year and Josh Uche from like the sixth or seventh game on was lights out as well. So I don't necessarily think they need to go early for an edge rusher, but get a solid piece maybe in the third or fourth round, somewhere around there, depending on maybe you move, maybe trade up, trade down, however it ends up working. Maybe that's another piece they go, but it's, it's a weird team because I feel like, I don't know if they'll necessarily improve a ton of positions through the draft. It feels like they're just kind of going to add depth. I feel like that's – and then they'll maybe add a starter, like offensive tackle in the first round maybe because I feel like that's just such a Belichick thing to do. He'll take a he'll take a left tackle or something in the first round. Then he'll take like a linebacker in the second, and then he'll just take guys who are going to be backups for their rookie years the rest of the draft except for a punter late in the draft. Yeah. Maybe a kicker too because Nick Folk's 38. Definitely. The Patriots have 11 picks, so you're going to be able to add a lot of depth there. Yeah. Um. For me personally, with the Giants, I mentioned I want to see them add to the defense in the first round. So if they're going to do that in the second round, if there's again, if there's a wide receiver available, you grab that second round wide receiver, and you just instead of having the 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 star wide receiver, you just have a little bit of wide receiver depth on this team this year, and try to make something out of a lot of good pieces instead of having that one great piece. So there's a wide receiver available in the second round. I think the Giants would hopefully go for that. After that, they need a center or some sort of offensive line depth. And then I'm just going back again to the defense. Add to the defense, add to the defense, add to the defense. You can now you, you need you're gonna need depth and you just keep going for secondary pieces as much as you can. They need linebacker depth too. So um there's no there's no real wrong answer for the Giants because as I keep using the word depth, there is no depth on the Giants. They just don't have depth on this team. So you're not really going to make a ton of wrong decisions positionally. It's just you can only make the wrong decision by drafting the wrong guy. However, this team has got this leadership team of Joe Shane and Brian Dable has given you a lot of faith in this team. Um, yeah. The Giants, so, they're going to look good, man. I really, I, I just. I'm with you, John. I just, I believe, you know, getting a corner would help, like you said, secondary. And I really believe, like, offensive linemen is a priority also. To be honest, if you do get a receiver, it should be in the later rounds, like you said. Uh, offensive linemen, secondary, like I said, whatever you add to that defense is just amazing. But offensive linemen, help out Daniel Jones, help out Saquon Barkley, 
and I really like what they got. Well, definitely, definitely. And Derek, you mentioned Joey Porter Jr. If he, Joey Porter Jr. ended up on the Patriots, I wonder how that would like just destroy his yeah. father, Joey Porter the first, right? <laughs> He's uh, Joey Porter Sr. Yeah. For the battles that the Patriots and the Steelers went through all those years, and now to have your kid playing for the the enemy, uh, that's got to be hard. I think he could go to the Steelers. I think that might be a very. I the only my only thing is does Washington kind of nab him like right before the Steelers pick. That's my thing. I feel like he's either going to like Washington or the Steelers or the Patriots just like him enough where they take him. But I feel like the Patriots have other glaring need. Well, not maybe glaring, but they need a top end wide receiver if they can get one. I don't know if this is the draft to do it, but I mean, what can you really do? Juju Smith Schuster's your number one wide receiver. And then it's not much. I mean, Tyquan Thornton looked decent when he played last year. He's their second round pick last year. I mean, Kendrick Gorin was in like Patric- Matt Patricia's doghouse all year. Like it's just it's not yeah. Jacoby Myers is gone, Aglor's gone. It's uh, it's not ideal. It's it's really not. Uh, but like it's like, but I don't want another mediocre wide receiver at the same time. I kind of want Zay Flowers just because of his dynamic playability. But I would not take Zay Flowers over Jackson Smith and Jigba. So in other words, you're not going to enjoy last place this year, right? Ah, <laughs> uh, well, depends on what last place is. Well, I'm last place the, can still be a playoff spot in the division. You're not. You're not better than the yeah. three, you're not better than the three teams in the AFC East. Let's get real. Yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, the Belichick will find a way to make a bad team go like eight and nine or nine and eight. He'll just figure it out. And if one of those teams, other teams like Miami or the Jets, somehow implode, which wouldn't shock me, because especially if it's the Jets, because that's what they do. Yeah. Um, I I could see them finding a way to. I don't think they'll make the playoffs, but I think they'll still have like a. Res- by respectable, they'll be around 500, I think. Although their many, roster maybe should be like a 5-12 and 12 season. How many more years Belichick has on his contract? As many as he wants. He basically <laughs> has all, as many as he wants. Yeah. Oh, it's a year-to-year basis? They've never I don't really think announced so. his contract. Never, like, no one... I mean, he's making the most money out of... He's making more money than any other director. I think he's making like $20 million a year. Yeah, I don't think nobody knows his contract. But see... No. Like, I'm a Bills fan, but I'm giving McDermott one more year. If he don't cut it next year, like, get him out of the hell out of here. I'm sick of it. Just get him out. I'm tired of it. You're a win-now team. You have to have a coach that can win now. That's the guy I want, Belichick. He could take us over the top. Belichick worries me, though, because uh, it's, it's like, I feel like with every good coach, like, really, really good coach, like, the best, like, look at, like, all the – like, look at some of the best NFL coaches in their history. Look at their last 10 years. Their last 10 years, they're around 500. If you take combine their last 10 years, they end up being like 78 and 74 or something like that. I'm just throwing random numbers out there. But they end up being around that. And for a guy like Belichick, maybe we're seeing this period where he might just, patches might be around 500 because their team isn't good enough. But he's such a good coach, he just figures out how to make them win some games here and there. And they kind of... Great, you know. Greatest coach of all time is Bill Parcells. <laughs> you can't tell me otherwise. It's Bill Parcells. That's who Belichick... Well, Belich- Belichick has a knack, though, of making bad teams play average, which yeah. has been... Like, the Pats almost... Like, the Pats, what? They almost made the playoffs with Cam Newton? Or did they yeah. make the... I don't remember. But, like, that team had no business being, any, being good with Cam Newton as the quarterback. And they... Like it was like, oh, they could still somehow be good with a Cam Newton who's like the hundredth best quarterback at best in the NFL. It's 
it's what he does. I don't know how he does it. Like last year, that Patriots team should have gone like three and fourteen. Realistically, he's they, a great. They won what eight games. I am not rule. I will never rule out the Patriots, and I will never just expect the Jets or the Dolphins to do well. You know, like Aaron, this Aaron <laughs> Rodgers thing, which we're going to touch on in a minute, can go sideways quick. And I know the Dolphins, like, look, Tua Tagovailoa is good, but is he going to stay healthy? And I think Mike mm-hmm. White's going to be their backup now, which yeah, he did all right with the Jets, but I mean, you're not winning playoff games with Mike White. Um, so the one thing I want to touch on because we, you know, um, the big thing about the draft is always the quarterbacks. And Derek, you sent me a tweet earlier today showing that Will Levis, his odds for the number to be the number one pick skyrocketed today. That he, he's very likely to be the number one pick. So do you guys have between Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, CJ Stroud, Will Levis? Do you guys have any strong preference who is the best quarterback out of that bunch, or? If any team, if there's any teams that should specifically target a specific guy, but overall, do you how you guys want? If you want to power rank them one through four, feel free. If not, just do you have any thoughts on these guys? Um, Derek, you go first. I mean, I think Bryce Young is the best quarterback in this draft. I know you got the whole undersized thing, whatever, but it's like, it's not like all undersized quarterbacks have failed. Like there still have been some good undersized quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, a guy who recently was hired, Drew Brees, undersized. He still had a good career. You look at guys who, maybe not the best quarterbacks, but, you know, like Kyler Murray, not the best quarterback, but you'll still take him over, I don't know, a Mac Jones, for example, right? Um, You look at, like, there, there's still a decent amount. Of, like, Russell Wilson's had a, had a really good career in Seattle. But, and in Denver, with the Broncos, who the heck knows, right? But he was good in Seattle. Um, So, undersized quarterbacks have been good before. It's not that they've, they haven't all been good, but there's still been proof of undersized quarterbacks can work. Um, I think Bryce Young is by far the best quarterback in this class. I don't know if he goes number one, though. I just, Matt, uh, not Matt Rufin, he's not there anymore. Uh, Frank Reich, that's who their head coach is. She's Louise. Um, Frank Reich has never liked small quarterbacks. He's always taken that prototypical, like, six-foot-four guy with, you know, tall, um, just, just you know other characteristics that I won't get into um you know regarding the player um but yeah I I feel like that's kind of uh I feel like I I feel like Will Levis fits what they want on a quarterback I just don't think they they're I don't know if they're willing to take that risk I know Will Levis's draft odds have massively risen but Bryce Young's still the favorite to go number one and I still think Bryce Young ends up going one, but I I kind of been drawing up a bunch of scenarios, which I'll get into later. We'll let everyone else talk, but it's uh, I feel like the draft, like I said, I think go like ten different ways. It's especially, and I think it all revolves around where the quarterbacks go and who takes quarterbacks. Cassim, your thoughts on the quarterbacks this year? I don't know much. I mean, I watch college, but I don't know much about it. But it's CJ CJ Stroud, he's from Ohio State. Yeah, yep. yeah, he's a bust. So, you know, quarterbacks, <laughs> don't, quarterbacks don't come out well from Ohio State. So you could forget about him. I don't know. I've been hearing about, what, Will Levis? Is that his name? Yeah, the guy in Kentucky. And Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson. And I don't know. Um, I mean, you guys probably know more than me when it comes to college. So I don't know much. But Carolina, I mean, if they go Will Levis, I mean, I don't mind. See, I don't know much only when it comes to the draft when I'm watching tape and they're reviewing it and which guy I want to – who I want to, who I 
I would want to take. So uh, Stroud, I don't like. I said I know how State quarterback came out good. So I mean, if Will Love is the number one or Hart or Bryce, it is what it is. I mean, um, everybody has their thing. All I know, Stroud could drop. As long as the Lions don't draft a quarterback, I'm happy. <laughs> um, I want Will Anderson. That's why I want the Lions to get. But uh, because I'm here in Arizona, could trade down. But um, either way, I don't know. Carolina, Carolina has already made their mind up. So we'll see what we'll see what happens Thursday. We'll see who they take. I don't know how to for, draft them. For me, I don't really. None of these quarterbacks really blow me away. So I think. It could end up being each of every one of them could kind of end up being a wasted draft pick. Or, where, or when you look at them when you restructure the draft ten years from now, you know, like oh well, maybe you were drafted these guys later in the draft. I don't think there's a star quarterback in this draft, and um, I think the teams. I think Carolina made a mistake in using the capital to trade up in the draft because I don't think it's going to matter. And um, <laughs> that's where I sit. And as far as Will Levis, he's the guy with that weird thing about milk. I don't know, like strange guy, <laughs> never a good sign. Uh, one last draft thing, because I did mention it earlier, my wife having gone to the University of Texas, Bijan Robinson could potentially be a first-round pick. He'd be the only running back likely. Oh, he, first he, round. Will. he will be a first-round pick. Yeah, okay, so good, good. I'm glad you think that. I think if anyone drafts him, I think he's likely going to the Dallas Cowboys just because that's kind of what they do. They like to draft players from Texas. Derek, you're shaking your head. Good. Derek, what are your thoughts? I think Where there's a I, Robinson I think there's a half decent chance the Eagles take him at 10. Oh no, 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 no. And no, 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 I, no. or 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 uh or we got a little uh funky here. Um, what team what team was god awful at running the ball last year that lost a really good quarterback in the offseason? Lost a really good quarterback. With Green Bay? I don't know. <laughs> The Bucks, the Buccaneers. Oh, oh yeah, wait, hold on. He is linked to the Bucks. He's linked to them. He, they cannot. They could not run the ball. They they didn't have like their whole offensive line last year. It felt like Brady's gone. So now you're running with what Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask? Are you going to tell me you're going to have them throw the ball forty times a game? You're not. Leonard Fournette was not good last year. He's gone, right? Yeah. I think he. I I think he might be. I think but even he's the, gone. the point. Either way, I mean, he might as well be gone. I mean, the yeah. way he played last season. <laughs> yeah, it, their their running game was pitiful last year. So you look and go, maybe Bijan fits there. I think that's also. I don't know if Philly would take him at ten. I feel like that is very high. The only other guy I could see maybe going. I think there's a chance Jameer Gibbs goes in the first round, like late first. He's uh, been linked to a lot of teams. That guy you just mentioned. Yeah, him. the Bills are I, one of them. The Bills yeah. are the, the Bills are. I'm just hearing that they're linked to Robinson, but that guy, he's been linked to a lot of teams. Yeah. Yeah. I think Jameer Gibbs could, but I think the best fit for him is either the Chargers or the Bengals if they trade Eckler or Mixon. I think that's the best fit for him. Mixon's gone. Uh, he's gone. It's it's just do those teams trade those guys before their picks come up Thursday? I don't think so. And that means I don't think they take Jameer Gibbs. I think he goes somewhere else. But it's interesting. The only other thing I have is the thing with the quarterbacks is I don't necessarily I don't think the most interesting thing is who goes number one. I think the most interesting thing with the quarterbacks is what order they go in and then who takes them. Because everything I, I've seen is that the Colts like Will Levis more than CJ Stroud. 
Mm-hmm. If Levis is at four, I think the Colts take him even if Stroud is on the board. And if for whatever, if the Texans don't take a quarterback at two and they go Will Anderson, and then the Cardinals at three go with another edge rusher because they don't like, I don't think they're going to take Jalen Carter. Now you're looking at Jalen Carter sliding maybe to what the eighth or ninth pick, maybe. Tenth, but tenth. also, too, you look at like I have four different scenarios written down. I have Levis going to Carolina first pick with he's not only this is the only scenario I have him going one. Then I have Bryson going two. Stroud going four to the Colts and Anthony Richardson going seven to the Raiders. Hold on, they're saying actually that's the other way around. They're saying Stroud to the Raiders. That's yeah. the rumor. Yeah, but who knows? Yeah, these, there's always everyone has a different take. Is that oh yeah, my yeah. Well, that well, the, I have four. I have four different scenarios. That's the first scenario. I think that's probably the least likely though. My other three scenarios all have Bryson going first, but the way they go change. I have one scenario. I have Bryson going to Carolina. I have Stroud going to the Colts still. Then I have Richardson going to, to Vegas. And then Will Levis either going to Tennessee at 11 or Houston gets him at 12 and snags him at 12. Nice. Um, then my other one, I have Bryce Young going to Carolina. I have Levis going to the Colts. Stroud going to Tennessee and Anthony Richardson going to Houston. I have – actually, I have five, actually. I have Young going – Bryce Young going to Carolina. Then I have – then I have the potential of Stroud going to the Colts. Then I have Levis going to the Raiders and Richardson going to Houston. That's just flip-flopping Stroud, Levis and Stroud. Uh, then my most interesting one, I think this is the most interesting. Bryson goes to Carolina. Will Levis goes at four to the Colts. Anthony Richardson goes at eight to the Falcons. And C.J. Stroud goes 11 to Tennessee. Wow. I think that's the most interesting way the draft could go. Tennessee is going to get a quarterback. I don't, uh, that's what I know. So we'll see how far they fall, but I think Tennessee is going to land a quarterback. I've heard things about them trading up depending on how they fall, but the problem is I think Atlanta could take a quarterback. I know they took Desmond Ritter in like the fourth round last year, but you're telling me if Anthony Richardson's on the board at eight, depending on if they do want to take a quarterback. And that's why, because they ran a lot of, they had a lot of QB runs with Marcus Mariota last year. And if they want to keep that kind of same offense, also Anthony Richardson, guess what tight end he threw to in college? Carpet. I mean, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, it's, I know, I know he didn't really, I don't think he, did he, did Richardson start with Kyle Pitts? I don't know, but he still practiced with him, right? Came from he the same college. The Falcons and the Tennessee Titans are quarterbacks that they drafted. Turned out that they weren't the right guys. So now they have to go in a different direction. Yeah, I don't know if the t- Titans take a guy, but it's just like if the guy, if like a guy they like falls, I think that's most likely to be CJ Stroud. If he falls, I he had like a test result where I don't remember what test it was, but like for quarterbacks, you want them to be over 70% at the bare minimum, and Stroud got like 20%. And they're like, uh, and I think that's what's killed his draft odds uh, him going early because like him going one because it seems like Carolina has now moved off him. It seems like the Colts have kind of moved off him. If the Texans don't want him, he's not going in the top five. I don't think Seattle takes a quarterback. And I don't think the Lions are taking a quarterback. I don't think he goes at six either. Now you're looking at seven and the Raiders. Do the Raiders really take him? They just took Jimmy G. I think they'd be more likely to take a the guy like Anthony Richardson, who they'd be looking to develop. At eight, do the Falcons take him? I don't know. Maybe, but maybe not. Then you're looking at, he probably falls to what? The Titans at 11? 
And if they don't take him, maybe Houston gets lucky and he falls into their lap at 12. Maybe. Or maybe Houston trades up to 9 or 10 to take him from 12. That's also an option. I think Houston could knock this out of the park, depending on how it goes. Um, But it's going to be like a real rough one if they take defense at 2 and then no other quarterback is there at 12. It's the Houston Texans. I don't really expect success out of that team. So well, I mean, look at quarterbacks. I think I I have said I do think they could trade for Trey Lance. There's also that option. Yeah, Demico Ryan's Demico Ryan is the guy that I think it's going to really turn it around over there. I know Houston's like a disastrous organization, but I think getting Demico Ryan signed him that long term deal, and I think players really came to Texas because of him. Uh, I think he knows what he wants, so. I hope Lance goes yeah. to the Texans. I really do. And they got the 49ers pass game coordinator as an offensive coordinator. Yeah. And then also, too, CJ Shot, I don't think he goes to Houston. I don't know if he goes to Houston unless he somehow falls to 12. Same agent as Deshaun Watson. I don't know if Houston wants to do that. Mm-hmm. So we talked quarterbacks, and I just wanted to finish this out with one last thing. There's one New York sports team of some relevance that we have not discussed yet tonight. The New York Jets, who finally made their trade for Aaron Rodgers. So we're going to ask this question. Do you guys think this makes the Jets a playoff team? Or are the Jets going to be the Jets? This whole thing's going to be a disaster. Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, and it implodes, and you have a three-win season. So which is it going to be? Cassim, you go first. Jets a playoff team or Jets a three-win team, which is more likely? Uh, they could be a playoff team, but it's going to be Brett Favre plus um, Brett Favre part two. So, yeah, that, that, there's a lot of reporters that are concerned, and I'd say a lot of people in the Mississippi welfare system that's concerned if <laughs> this is going to be Brett Favre part two. I think, uh, so. Derek, what do you think? Uh, Jets playoff team or Jets more likely to be a three win team? I think they're more likely to be a playoff team, but that doesn't mean I think they're going to be in the playoffs. I still don't know. I feel like, I feel like there's enough teams in the AFC where it's like the Jets could just be like a nine and eight team, and they miss the playoffs, right? I, like, I I don't know how I feel. It's like also, what version of Aaron Rodgers are you going to get? Is your offensive line going to be healthy? That's always a big question, regardless of what team you are. Um, can they get the run? Is how's Brees Hall going to be coming back off a of 20 CL? That's always a big question for running backs, how, especially when a knee injury. How, how are you looking coming off of that? Um, and their wide receivers can they can one of their wide receivers make a leap to be a top, top wide receiver? I don't know, maybe, maybe not. That's to be seen. Um, their defense is really good. There's that at the very least. Um, I like the receiving that, core, I like the receiving core. Yeah, I like it. I just don't know if they're going to have a guy step up and be like top 10 wide receiver in the NFL is what I mean. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I don't know about that, right? Now, and I don't think they necessarily – I don't know if they're the team to go get D-Hop. I don't, I don't think they will be. Although I, I will say I have, I have heard some talk the Patriots sniffing around, but I don't see that happening at all. Thanks to Bill O'Brien. Like move. Thanks to Bill O'Brien. <laughs> well, there's also that. <laughs> I do not see the I see the Jets. I see this is more likely to implode than it is to succeed. I, there's just something about this the whole way it played out. It took forever. It is the Jets. Aaron Rodgers is you we just don't know what we're getting. We've we've heard rumors that he's a coach killer. Maybe he's not. I, I don't know. Like I'm not in that locker room. 
But there's concerns there, and the Jets just never handle tricky situations well. Uh, so I don't have a ton of faith in the Jets. And to be fair, though, with Nathaniel Hackett, he did win, what, two MVPs? And then as soon as Hackett leaves, he goes back to not being an MVP quarterback and regresses as a Look, Derek, quarterback I think, normally would. I don't hate Rodgers. I like him, actually, and I think he is going to make the Jets better. I know Blease Hall is coming off the ACL, but if he's healthy, they'll, the offense is good. There is weapons. Yeah. There is playmakers. Oh, yeah, there the is. Defense, it's just... The defense is legit, but it just – Oh, yeah. To me, besides all that, besides injury, besides all that, it's just the AFC, it's a juggernaut. You got the Bills. Yeah. Just in their division by itself, you got the Bills and you got the Dolphins. We're not even talking about the Patriots. There's the and Jets. the Patriots are always got, a tough out for the Jets. You got the Chargers. You got the Jaguars. Jaguars are up there. What they did last year, Char- Chargers. You got the Chiefs. I mean, the well, Bengals. The, bang, the Bengals, before. Ravens. Yeah, Ra- well, Ravens, we'll see. If Lamar Jackson plays for them, that's Even if he plays, that. they still stink, in my opinion. You can never win. Well, they'll be and, near playoff contention. Though. They'll but be all I'm there. saying is the AFC is a juggernaut, so the yeah. Jets could have a hard time finding their way into the playoffs. Yeah, there's that. I think it's more like most likely just be like, okay, they're, they're an okay team. They're not great. They're not bad. They're just, what, nine and eight? I don't know. Yeah, there you go. Brian Buxton hits a two-run homer. Just start luck. I'm going to lose my mind. Red All Sox right, guys. Well, that's get Red Sox like Park Caleb Orton. Oh, my God. So that's a good place to end it for the evening. I got kids I got to put to get bed. I heard them playing outside. They're not playing outside anymore. So that means John's about to get in trouble with his wife if he isn't getting inside. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Lauren's the best. She's uh, very understanding. So, but anyway, any final thoughts before we wrap this one up? It's good seeing you guys. And I can't wait for the draft. And go Knicks. Go next, that's for sure. Derek, Ding bong. Derek says go Celtics, go Bruins. Yeah, go Celtics. Ding bong, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening to us. Uh, again, this is John with Cassim and Derek. We're Bleacher Brawls. Uh, you can find us, you know, obviously you're listening to this podcast, so you're going to find us wherever you listen to podcasts. But feel free to check out our YouTube channel, Bleacher Brawls. Uh, our website, bleacherbrawls.com. Some excellent articles going up all the time. And once again, thank you for listening to us. I had a great time tonight. A lot of fun talking Yankees and football. Uh, Have a good evening, guys, and thanks for listening. All right, folks, that's the latest episode of Bleacher Brawls. Thanks for tuning in, for rating us five stars, and leaving us a nice review. And don't forget to check us out on BleacherBrawls.com, on YouTube, and on Twitter.